talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. G'day and welcome once again to another episode of the Dropped Kickoff. We're back once again, coming off the back of the end of the Lions series and the first match in the Low Cup series for 2021. And I am joined once again by the usual suspects. First of all, Jack, how are you, mate? Good. Ready to rip in. Uh, we've also got Nick on the line. Nick, how are you doing, mate? Hey, boys. How are you? Very, very good. And then lastly, of course, Natho. Natho, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Getting the full swing of this Bladderslow series. Yeah, it's look, it's the only thing that's uh, probably keeping us all sane at the moment as we enter into, I think, the, the seventh or eighth week of lockdown. I know you were mentioning <laughs> that it's the only way that you can keep track of what week we're in as to when the Wallabies are playing and when they're not. Um, yeah. But the... Uh, the questions that we have up for tonight, uh, which we'll uh, we'll be talking about, because uh, we have to talk about this this All Blacks match. Uh, Wallabies, of course, went down uh, in what ended up being a, a closer game, 33-25. Did we? The question one: Did we play better, or did the All Blacks go to sleep? Question two, and uh, this is a question that's been related to a lot of uh, discussions that we've been seeing in the news. Does the Wallabies have a problem with kickers? Question three, and this is uh, recorded on a Tuesday night. So this is brand new news, which is the fact that Samu Karebi is being called into the squad. Um, and so we saw a question, a tweet from Observer who uh, on Twitter, uh, who basically asked the question, who did you pick under this revised uh, Jito law? Um, so we'll be asking, uh, answering that question ourselves. Who would we be getting back under the revised Jito law? Question four, that Lions series, it's now done and dusted. South Africa taking the win 1916 over the British and Irish Lions. Did Game 3 resurrect the series is the question that we'll be asking for. And then lastly, question five, we head into predictions for the upcoming weekend. So question one, the uh, this All Blacks first match at probably one of the, probably the hardest place to play on earth, Eden Park. The Wallabies uh, went out, uh, strong outsiders, but they did make a game of it, after, particularly after a, a pretty... Um, mixed first half performance at one point being down 33-8 to come back in the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes and uh, finish 33-25. Um, Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first for this one. Do you think we it was a case of us suddenly turning ourselves around and, and pulling together a strong performance that nearly resulted in us potentially getting the win? Or was it the case that the All Blacks got complacent and fell asleep? What are our thoughts? Where do, where do we sit? Uh, probably straight in the middle. Like, I think it's a bit of both. Like, in that last 15 minutes, we seemed a lot more freer. It was it was like we weren't playing without the consequence of sort of losing. Um, and, I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, that, at 33-8, to 8, did that really reflect the scoreline after 55 minutes? Like, the Wallabies dominated, not wouldn't say dominated, but were in the contest and getting the better of the, those Kiwis early on. It's just that... I've, I've, you got you can't say that the All Blacks were at 100 percent those last 15 minutes. It was pretty clear they kind of shut shut off. But I think it's real encouraging signs. I think it's really encouraging um, the fact that that we were able to fight back after. I mean, I think we all sat through that Halloween Havoc game last year, as I like to call it, where we got absolutely <laughs> blown out at ANZ Stadium. So I think just to see that revival, I think shows that we've that we've we're playing better. We've come along. And I think the fact we're sitting here and we can still say, look, the line-out can improve, the kicking can improve, as we'll sort of talk talk on later. You know, our um, decision-making get better. And being beat by eight is a real sign that we're starting to play a lot better than we were, say, six, 12, 18 months ago from there. Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. And I was looking back over the numbers because I was I was surprised by the fact that we, we finished within eight because, you know, the last couple of years, uh, you know, it's been a foregone conclusion that you go to Eden Park and you lose by upwards of 20-something points. Um, and the last time we lost by a margin like that, which was what it was, was 2009, so it's a, nearly 11 years ago um, when we lost 22-16 to the All Blacks. 
So, um, Nick, I'm going to bring you in here for this question. Um, I mean, we've got to admit that, you know, things like the line-out took a little while to get going. Um, maybe it was some first-half jitters. I mean, there's always, you know, you're going to have jitters when you're playing at Eden Park. Um, do you think it's a case that the Wallabies can improve from here, or do you reckon it's a it was a case that the All Blacks are going to kick on like they have done in previous years in the second week? Uh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to tell because I feel this game was like, oh, uh, like a like a good piece of art. There was so many different ways to sort of look at it. Um, you know, did the Wallabies sort of play well? Um, did the Wallabies, you know, finish well? Was that the All Blacks taking the foot off the gas? Um, you know, it's really sort of like, you know, one man's terrorist is another one's freedom fighter with this one. I like, It's really hard to say. Like, definitely after you said the first 10 minutes, those 10 minutes, they were awful. I, yeah. Like, it was... It was just so awkward and no one had their rhythm. Um, so, I mean, with Marika coming back, I see nice Rani coming back. Um, is Nick White or James O'Connor going to come back? Uh, That's a good question. Um, think, yeah, yeah, if they're coming back, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, we'll see. Like, you know, it was always like... Um, or the All Blacks always think they're hiding something, you know, and they can always go another gear higher. Um, that's what we were saying in the 2019, but they ended up losing that World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a hope there for me. I I, I think the, the Wallabies can go better. I think, look, it's interesting you make that point, and I I thought so too. I thought it was the, the first half was a case of real, you know, Eden Park jitters, Um you're playing, I mean, and this is, I think, a big factor as to why the All Blacks have the record that they do, because a lot of teams are wary of the fact or fully aware of the fact that they're playing the All Blacks and they're just waiting for the All Blacks to do that All Black thing, which is, you know, so hard to stop. Whereas, you know, the teams that have beaten the All Blacks often have tried to find ways to shut that down and really t make it much more of a contest. Um, I think it's a, a mental a mental factor that definitely plays a part in there. Uh, Jack, I'm going to bring you in on this one because, I mean, let's talk about the All Blacks a little bit here. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the, there's no denying that these guys are, you know, a, at least a top two team in the world. There is a there is a real, you know, you, the fact that you, you have three Barretts on the bench speaks volumes as to the, the quality of the, of the depth that they have and the fantastic players that they have. What are our thoughts about how this team has been in the last two years since uh, since Ian Foster has, Foster has taken control of the of, of the of the of the All Blacks? Do you sense that there is some sort of vulnerability there? Do you sense that there's an opportunity, or, or do you think? And is it kind of coercing with the time that the Wallabies seem to be making some improvements under Rennie? At least while the wins haven't come, definitely there seems to be a culture shift that's a lot more positive. What are your thoughts here? Do you think that there is that all black sh all black fans should be wary of where this absolutely, team is? Absolutely, currently? absolutely. The end of the uh, it's the end of the all blacks area. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're a bunch of bums. No, but <laughs> seriously, it's a, it's, it's a testament. You know, we we say this every year. Or this year, the All Blacks, you know, they're a bit off the pace. You know, they've lost something, new coach, new turnover of players. But every time they just find a way to, you know, kick up a gear and, and go to that next level. It's, you know, it, it should be pointed out that some tier one teams have never beaten the All Blacks still. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that and that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, I've, I'm always in two minds as whether I want the, uh, you know, the All Blacks brand to, you know, you know take a nosedive because... You know, it would be sweet as a as an Aussie, you know, an Aussie fan to uh, you know start dominating the All Blacks. But and but then, uh, do I got to stay solid? You know, solid with my uh, Southern Hemisphere brothers and and not let you know the likes of England and and Wales and 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 that dominate the uh, the top of the ladder. So that's a hard one. But yeah, yeah, this uh, this test was typical uh, a Bledisloe Cup match, wasn't it? It was we, the Wallabies came out, we, we fought hard. 
but you know the all blacks were able to absorb that pressure that we put on our execution really let us down in in, in key moments and they were just able to pull the trigger and respond really quickly and and those you know they those few moments either side of half time how how many times have we said that that they've um you know, being able to score a try before halftime and after halftime. And, and that's where the, the game, you know, pulled away from us and we, we couldn't get it back. But um, I thought, yeah, I thought we did um, really well. Whether the All Blacks go to sleep, I don't know. I, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this um, All Blacks humility every time they win. It, it really gets on my nerves. So, like, it, even when they win, they, they come out and say, like, oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't play the best. Yeah. You know, like, we did even though they won they got the win famous victory at eden park kept the you know kept the going they're like oh no we didn't we didn't play and we you know we didn't play well and that's why the wallabies were able to score it's like well give some credit you know we we scored as many tries as they did and it was just uh you know a few way we kicks that was the difference so um yeah is that humility or is that just you know expectation like i think it's a bit of yeah is it like an expectation? Are, it's it's ironic because it, it's like the reverse of every other sport. But I mean, I think it's it's they've, they've earned the right to be cocky. But I mean, it's it's good to know that we still have out of that All Blacks side who comes in for this next test. Aside from those guys that sort of came off the oh were late withdrawals from the bench, your know, Coles and the third Barrett. Who comes back into the side? Because I mean, there's Wallabies. You get Marika back. You get Izzy back, um, most likely. I know they've been they're nearly back to full training and should be. I think according to Rennie last week, should have White back, should have Swinton back. Jock won't be till mm-hmm. Springboks. So there's four players that you get back. Could can get back that will arguably strengthen this side. Can yeah. you say the same for the All Blacks? True. I know they had a few, you know, early, you know, late outs when um. You know, one of the Barrett brothers, and then then Dane Coles was ruled out right on um, right on kickoff. So, um, what they do with selections next week will be interesting, because um, you know, yeah, coming out of all the reports, they weren't really happy with their with their performance. They um, you know, they were talking about giving away, you know, a lot of penalties. Isn't that bloody typical of them? Um, double, you know. double the penalty count of Australia. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just happy to give away, um, you know penalty after penalty and advantage after advantage when uh, the Wallabies are attacking um, in their 22. So they, they'd rather give away the penalty and yellow card because they know they can just defend and defend and defend. And, and you know, it, it's an indictment on the Wallabies that, you know, we don't have the skill and execution to convert those opportunities when they come. So do you think it then, so talking about the whole all-black humility uh, a part of me thinks it's also just an expectation. Fans have just grown up and been used to consistent success. So they know a great All Blacks performance when they see one. And while I think and, and while I think that there is, uh, you know, a lot of, yes, there is a lot of questions to be asked of, I would take a 33-25 win over New Zealand any day of the week. Um <laughs> And because simply for the fact that you don't win very often against them, even though, you know, the the Wallabies have managed, a, you know, a, a couple of wins in the last few years. It's it, I think it's just it, it's just the standard that you have grown up with or the standard that it's like us looking back at the golden age of the Wallabies in the 90s and 2000s and going there's a, there's the standard that we have to set ourselves to. And I think that's something that just conti- cons- consistently happens for the All Blacks. I don't know if there's ever been a time where they've been as down in the dumps as, as we have been in past years in terms of uh, inconsistent performances. Um, we'll, we'll, um, before we jump on to question two, I just kind of want to ask all of you guys one final question. So looking at the numbers of previous years, they don't make for pretty viewing whenever we do a backup game against the All Blacks. Um, <laughs> looking back over the, the last couple of years, um, 2018, uh, we we had you know we lost in New Zealand at ANZ by a considerable margin. We went to Eden Park, got 40 points put on us. 2019, uh, we had we won that fantastic game at Optus Stadium. Went to the went to the second match back to, to back it up and got beaten 36 zip. Um, 
even last year, after coming off that that draw at the at the cake tin, the following week at Eden Park, we got beaten by 20 points. Um, yeah. How on earth do we stop this happening again? What do the Wallabies do to counteract the second half, uh, the the second match blues that we have been experiencing the last couple of years against an All Black side that, while not playing at the consistency of previous All Black sides that we've seen under the likes of Hanson and Graham Hen- and Sir Graham Henry, you know that they're probably the fact that they're already upset with that performance suggests that they're yeah. going to be looking to make things right this weekend. I'm just, um, I'm just. I'm just holding out on hope that, you know, playing back-to-back games at Eden Park actually works in our favour, you know. We get a, a, you know, a pretty much identical second go at it, you know. So that's uh, that's uh, my biggest uh, hope, that they, they get it right the second time. Um, in terms of, like, selection, I don't think you mess with it too much. Um, yeah, our, our bench is pretty important. As it, as as was shown in that in the in the first game where you know they came on they showed a bit of composure and we had some actually experience coming off the bench and I think that's why you know the back back end of that game was actually yeah. really good for us. Yeah. Um, uh, we can't nuke New Zealand or <laughs> <laughs> park out and put it in Brisbane. Yeah, um, I think that's, that'll work. I think so. Like a game like on the weekend was probably a great opportunity. I mean, to go back to what I was saying before, I'm still not really sure whether we were sort of in it. Because if, what's his name? Um, Alessio got all these kicks. And, you know, the all-backs, two of the all-backs tries, one was a weird ref ball moment right before halftime where the ref marched Australia, you know, 10 metres back. And Hooper's like, what? What rule's that? Um, And then they just fell over, you know, line-out try. And then the other one was an intercept. I think a game like that one, at Eden Park was probably, you know, one of the games that was probably our best opportunity. We always seem to beat the All Blacks once a year, um, but it always is just like a really freak thing. So I think that <laughs> probably just have to keep playing at them at Eden Park. I think playing them at ANZ to go on Eden Park. Yeah. We did that for like 10 years in a row. Yeah. Just play so, back to back Eden Park. Until yeah. Get I think get plan, just, you know, maybe play at Suncorp first. Because I think, you know, the All Blacks really got into a mode like, yep, we're going to blitz and we know how to play them. Wallabies always seem to just, you know, met each other the day before. So <laughs> to do this, I, I don't think it's that important. It's almost like, you know, I think we could use Eden Park to fuck around with the All Blacks a bit, you know. Mm. Play a bad hand there to think, oh, this is the hand they're going to play um, for the next two tests. <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, we want to win the Bledisloe. Anyway, that's my thinking. But I think there was actually something, or sort of, in that, in the sense that that we, you can look at that performance and say that wasn't our good hand. There was so much you can take out of that and say we can improve there and in, in this area and that area. It, after those that game in Perth, the draw in um, Wellington, the overwhelming sort of reaction was, okay, this was a great performance. Can we can we get to that same level at uh, at Eden Park, when we head to the second test, but after this one, you kind of we kind of came out of it being like, oh, "This we can get to different levels." I think that's what the difference is. We that losing by eight on that first test that wasn't our peak. It felt like in other years mm-hmm. that that first test was. So I think there's hope in that sort of aspect of it. Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's an interesting position to be in. Um, you know, and it's certainly a much better result, at least in the in the numbers, numerically speaking, than uh, than previous you know uh, matches that we've had at Eden Park. Look, I'm fully like I'm wary of the fact that this record of us beat we haven't beaten them there since 1986. I wasn't even yeah. uh, I wasn't even a you know a, a glint in my father's eye at that time, um, to put it mildly. It's it's just a simple, but you know you can lean into that. There's effectively nothing yeah. to lose at this point, but everything to gain. And the fact that you have everything to gain from potentially winning there should should be enough to spur you on um, at yeah. this point. Jordan, Jordan, came out today and said, you know, if anything, the pressure's on them. You know. 
Yeah. And well, look, and it, it's a matter of, of how of if they of how they turn up or and and how it makes it work. Um, but yeah, look, sorry, I'm just I'll just say one last point. And that to be fair, and that's been their attitude the whole time. It's there was not a oh god, we got to play two bursts. It was a no. This is really exciting. We have we have two cracks at getting this hoodoo done. We have we, we know we have to win one game, so why not now? Well, let's use yeah. let's use the youth and let's use our. I think the the word was base was um, blissful ignorance for some of those guys who haven't played there before yeah. or who've only played one game. So why not? Why not this week? Look and and look we uh, at the same yeah and in, and at the same point we talk about these records and how long it's been. But the, the only reason why we make those records is so they can be broken. Why not? Why not have a go? Um, and which may sound like you know the optimist. Nice. Of, hmm? Bangladesh can beat Australia in cricket. cricket series. <laughs> I don't want to talk. Oh, we can beat New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. And you know, frankly, there are much longer standing records out there. I mean, you, you have to look at Ireland winning against the All Blacks for the first time ever. You know, only a few years ago, the first time in a hundred and something years. So you never know. You never know, and it'll be interesting to watch. But one of the things that we should talk about in terms of the game last week, which, which is question two. Look, we don't want to beat, uh, like you know, you know, get too critical here because, for all intents and purposes, Nola Alessio has made stride after stride over the course of this year, and up until this point, his kicking has been nothing short of outstanding. Uh, with 18 out of 19 uh, uh, kicks converted during the French series, um, but he didn't have a good week. He didn't have a good night against the uh, against the All Blacks um, here, and. It was and what and the Wallabies took the choice to kind of stick with him um, rather than handing off the kicking duties to someone like Tomua or Reese Hodge. So the question I want to ask here, um, and I'll probably throw to you first, uh, Jack, for this one: um, Do the Wallabies have a problem with kickers, or at least the confidence of kickers? Um, and if so, is there what's the potential options for them to try and fix this problem for Bledisloe too? Uh, yeah, I think um, Noah's been good up until the Bledisloe Cup. He had, you know, a really successful French series where he's kicking everything off the tee. Uh, I think, yeah, the conditions played into it um, with in Eden Park. You could see um, even Moanga uh, missed a couple off the tee. In ge- in general, like, yeah, the the Wallabies really like haven't had a sharpshooter in a long time, have they? Um, besides Hodge, but. You know, when, when it matters, he can't get him over the sticks. Um, so I wonder if it is a is it is it a pressure? Is it a is it a mental thing? Um, but I, th- I think you stick with Noah, um, leave him in there, let him take all the kicks. That's the, that's the only way he can bounce back. Yeah, it's look, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's the and Rennie made a fantastic point about this that you know he's only twenty one. He's still you know really young in the context of his career, and and the fact that he has been making strides since first getting picked for the Wallabies last year is really an indication how good a footy player we have here. Natho, I know that you you know you've been keeping a close watch um, on Noah. I mean, we've been all watching him since the days of NRC and then into the Brumbies. Um, What's your what's your stance on this? Because I know that you know you seeing how these players have been, there must be you know plenty of, uh, of people around him who also could potentially put their hand up to to take kicking duties, wouldn't there? I mean, there's plenty of options. I mean, as you've alluded to, and having those two guys come off the bench, they could have easily taken over. But I mean, at that stage of the game when they came on, you kind of have to wonder, well, uh, or just let him sort of kick out kick out those last ten minutes. But I mean. Let's let's not fall into the trap of sort of overreacting after one game, as sort of Jack alluded to. I mean, Lalesse in that French series missed one kick. I think it was in that third game, about sort of that seventy-minute mark, came back five minutes later and kicked the match match and series winner. I think I think Rennie put it best. Like this kid has started three games aside from the before that All Blacks game, but started three games and arguably had kicked three match winners. It only, we only closed the game out twice. So, I mean, I don't think we need to start looking for another option. Just we'll let him, let him get over it. You know, it's windy conditions. He'll learn from it. And let's see if he can bounce back. I think as, as it was put best by, I think it was either Rennie or Hooper. You don't become a bad kicker overnight. No, you don't. It's, and, it, you know, and the fact is, it, it, off the back of every performance, he has improved. Like, you know, he, it, when he had a couple of shockers 
in the in the first French game. He he like in terms of his his performance on the field, he made up for it with the performance in Melbourne. Even though the Wallabies went down, and and he continued to to improve in that fantastic game uh, in Brisbane um, as well. So is. There's a lot of there's a, there is a lot of progress being made here. Nick, are you in agreement with this, or do you think it's a, a case that we should revert back to to handing off the kicking duties to whoever? I don't think it's a big deal. Um, he just he just had a bad night. Um, you know, I'd like to say like it's not his fault that we lost. Um, he did throw the intercept pass, but I mean, when you look at it, he's just a kid who's what he's like 20, 21, and he's playing because James O'Connor's injured. Um, it's no issue at all. Um, but talking yeah. about, you know, the problem with kickers, I just want to say that uh, Len Ikatow, I didn't realise he had such a, a boot on him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a gun, eh? He did some yeah. great kicks. Some good clearing kicks in some important moments of the game. It's just crazy, you know, in five years, four years, even less than that, we've gone from Bernard Foley and Israel Flowers kicking to, um, mm. yeah, actually have him. <laughs> It's I think uh, what do you have people who can kick? And Tell yeah. a good kick as well. I um, think, uh, yeah, Ikki Tao and Paisami are both left-footed kickers. I think. As well. No, Paisami's. But interesting about Paisami is he's actually. I think he's actually a right footer. Yeah, he right. just. He just. Choose everyone thought he was a left footer because that's that's how he put all his kicks in. But he yeah. can kick off both feet, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Bloody hell, ambidextrousness. And also, actually, there's another point to mention. You were talking about James O'Connor. I mean, we actually haven't talked about him all of this whole time. And, I mean, I reckon I'll be getting a lot of experience off him. And, you know, he's a fantastic kicker. We know that James can can kick stuff too. So, look, I think I, I'm in agreement with all of you guys. I reckon it's it's a case of Noah's been playing really well. Yeah, I mean, he had a, yes, he had a rough night. But who doesn't have enough uh, a rough night at, uh, when yeah. you're playing Uh when you're playing at, at Eden Park, especially in the in conditions like that, he'll be better for it. And uh, I reckon it's a good decision of Rennie to pick and stick uh, for the time being, at least. Yeah. Um. So we'll move on to to question three, which is an uh, recent news out of kind of out of rugby out of rugby lands, tweeted by by Sam Phillips on Twitter, was the news that uh, Samu Karevi will be joining the the Wallabies for the match in Perth. Um which is a very, very interesting uh, announcement. And off the back of the the other announcement that we had, Quade Cooper joining the squad as well. So off the back of this, we saw some some funny responses out there in the Twitter sphere. And one was a question from uh, Observer who basically asked the the question, uh, if you're allowed up to two under the revised Judo law, who else do we need? Um, Observer nominated Big Willie Skelton. And now I'm going to throw this question out to you guys, and I'll throw it to you first, Nick. Uh, who do you who the who would be the person that you'd get under the revised Judo law? Will Skelton's actually a great shout. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's one of I my top three. He's a really good shout. Um, look, I think you know Krevi's a good one um, because I think Krevi, you know, Krevi is a game changer. He he's just got that sort of electric play to him um which he you know unfortunately he hasn't been able to show with the wallabies a whole lot um i actually think it's actually quite funny that wales game where he got uh sin binned that was actually one of his best games um just sort of heightened by the fact that he did get sin binned it was almost like you know you're playing too well um but i think yeah I'll go will skelton adam coleman <laughs> i mean especially after the line out issues we had but I think, you know, that's our weakest spot. And I think Morgan Turanui actually had a stat in the game on the weekend. That was something like, you know, 60% of tries come from line-out moves or mm. something like that. Uh, 60% sounds a lot. But, yeah, that, that's yeah. who I'd go for. Yeah, get get you Willie, get Willie Skel- um, Skelton back. What do you reckon, Jack? Do you agree or do you reckon uh, you'd be throwing to somebody uh, else? Yeah. Oh, Sam, Sam Samu's a great... Great shout. He, you know, I saw him playing the sevens in the Olympics and he was as dominant as ever. Um, it's it's actually, yeah, it's really exciting to see all these guys come out of the woodwork like Quade Coopers and the, the Duncan Bayowers. Um, but I'm I'm not convinced. I mean, all these guys, all these guys that are playing overseas now have had their shot at the Wallabies. And and, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't helped us win a Bledisloe or 
or anything like that. Um, besides maybe Liam Gill, there's no you know superstar player that hasn't got a crack at the Wallabies because he's been playing overseas the whole time. You know, it's not a Cheslin Colby situation where you know he's born over to Europe, um, been made himself a star, and then he's come back to you know Australia because of the laws. Like you know, these these names were rat- rattling off. You know, the Willie Skeltons. You know. Um, Sean McMahon's, they've all had time in the jumper and they've contributed, but, you know, I, I don't know if they're any better than the ones, the guys that we got now. I mean, the main argument would be to, you know, add depth, but I think, you know, we look at our back row, we look at, you know, the centres are coming on and every every time someone leaves for overseas, that we've got another person to fill, fill their spot. Where You know, the argument is whether they're the same quality or not, but I don't know, that's up to you guys. I will I say this: up. Liam Gill's playing in Japan. Oh yeah, so he's closer to home. <laughs> he it does make you. <laughs> it does make you realise, and it's funny you mentioned that this whole exercise actually makes you realise how much depth we actually do have if a lot of these players came home. Um, because there is like a deep, there is some good players play, representing the Wallabies right now in in a lot of the positions, even though obviously different people are putting their hands up for still putting their hands up for different roles and stuff. But the fact that you've got the likes of you know your Foley's and your and your Liam Gills overseas, your Billy Meeks, your um, and of course Karevi, who's now back, um, it's it's it makes you it'd be interesting to do a, a a comparison test of of at home Wallabies versus overseas Wallabies and see and see what the squads stacking up would look like. Um, Natho, what do you reckon? Do you think that there's who would you bring someone back, and if so, who? Or do you think there's even any merit to this to this discussion at all um, in terms of the revised Jeddah you know, law? I mean, I think it's the merit of this whole discussion for this series has come down to who they can actually get availability to. By the sounds of it, Karevi's the only way, only way Karevi's become available is that he's currently serving quarantine and not stuck in the whole eastern suburbs cluster. But I mean, if you look at the and that was the same with sort of Paya and Cooper, who let's make it clear is not part of the squad. He's a training member. I'm sick. I've got to put that out there. I'm sick of people reporting it. He's a training member. <laughs> He's not part of the squad, guys. Ran over. Sorry. Sorry. Ran over. Sorry, Nathan. Sorry, Nathan. No, that's, that, is, that is a general consensus. I have to get it off, the chest, off my chest. Anyway. Stop back destroying to... my dreams, Nathan. That's what, I... yeah, we've got Nathan what he's saying is he's not going to come on and win I'll, second I'll in part test. Believe what I want to believe. I'm, so, I'm sorry to, to ruin the famous movie that's, that's going to be made in five years' time when he comes off the bench after about four injuries. But, again, I think... For me, when you look at the squad, and if we're back to full fitness, I get the idea of Skelton, but I think he's, he really suits that European-style rugby, which we just don't play here. He's, likes that, he's that slower style of just set-piece base, win you a game. When I look at it, I mean, it's not like Liam Gill. Yes, he's a great player, but, I mean, you have – that back row is already stacked. We're already trying to figure out who plays there this week when you have Nicerani and Swinton join Valentini, Hooper – Wilson, Mick Wright, you even have someone like Liam Wright kind of even get into a squad. So, I mean, if you only have two players, do you really waste it on another back rower? For me, I look at it and go, the one position that still is still up in the or there's two positions, one being fullback, the other being hooker. Would you bring Kirtley back? Probably not. I mean, it's past his time. You'd rather uh. let Tom Banks or if the rumours, not rumours, but what they're suggesting, be Geordie Bataille take that over in the future. So you look at Hooker and go, well, Tolu was probably in career best form when he was going away. You have Panga and Mosa leaving at the end of the year to go to France. He'd probably be my ideal choice heading over. Oh, and then if, for next year, I mean, obviously keep Marika available if possible. They, if you look at my two, that's probably where I would lie. Yeah, look, it's it is an interesting one. I think it's and it 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 is a good point that you make. Like as much as we do, we have you know sung um, Liam Gills for example's praises over the years. Like one position, the, the position at all that we are not lacking in depth is the position of of the loose forwards. Um, and it is you know it's interesting talking about you know the hooker position. I think there are more players standing up at the moment for the Wallabies in terms of the hooker position um, uh, than 
than we have, you know, had previously. I mean, yes, BPA, yeah, he's been he's been a bit spotty with his with his performances, but he has shown a lot of potential and he does bring a lot of he does you can't say that that he doesn't have a crack. Um, but you know, Jordan uh, Ulysses and like Farmasuli as well. You know, they have shown opportunities when they're when the opposite when you know they have shown that there is that they've got potential as players uh, when things have been presented to them. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one right now. Um, yeah, there's plenty of exciting options that we we could call on, but also sort of home as well. It's a nice yeah. place to be in. But the point is, like, is it you know. Is there a game breaker out there that on in overseas that we can bring in and would make like a considerable impact on the Wallabies? Like I can't think of many players that would do that that we don't already have. I think yeah. it'd be Samu and Will Skelton. Mm. Uh, like, I mean, I mean, I even I even get like the whole oh he plays the European style, but we do play Europeans a lot. Um, <laughs> and you know South Africa is the reigning world champion, so we do need that physicality. And we do need that sort of set piece focus. Um, you know, you have a great, he'd just be a great asset. You know, doesn't have to start, but just to have there. You know, mm. do you not get that? Out? My my argument would be: Do you not get that out of having Philip Rodder uh, to to complement having Swain and Lurkham? Like, there's four locks already there, which you which are start a calibre. Do you really need... My argument is, do you really need a fifth? Yeah, well... Yeah, Lucan, I'm still not sold on him. Um, Rodder, I don't... What's going on with Rodder? He's back with the force. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, yeah. Squad, so he's in the, yeah, he's in the squad. Like, uh, he, he's in the squad. I think the uh, there's, there's Philip, there's Swain, and there's Nick Frost, who hasn't been... He, who's been at the Brumbies, but he hasn't been. Uh, I don't think he's you know been picked or selected for anything. I think he's just in the extended squad. And we've, we've we've talked about it. We've got our opinions. Let's let's move on to the, to something even more beautiful, which is this Lions series that uh, has now come to an end. South Africa have picked up uh, and finished the series as two one victors, uh, winning the final game nineteen sixteen off the back of the boot of the one hundred and thirty eight year old Mornay Stain. Um, he's been around as longer than the actual game of rugby has actually been. Um, so I know the, we we didn't hide the fact that uh, last week that you know we thought this this Lions series was really just it was really lacking something this year. Um, the how things had how it had been conducted online, how the the stuff with Rassi had been a bit of a mess. The uh, it's it's it had been a kind of a it had left a lot of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Did this did this third game resurrect the series in the eyes of, of any of you, um, or are we still feeling the same about it, uh, Nathan? What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, not really. Like it's it's been a strange one. I, I think you really there's certain events that you can continue on with without fans. I mean, we're coming off an Olympics where everyone thought it was going to be dead, but it was incredible. I think they've the this whole series has been the sort of the complete opposite of that. You've just been kind of caught up with the whole COVID situation. You know, you have people testing positive a couple of weeks before it, that just any build-up goes out. And then as you guys touched on last week, that whole build-up, the, the only thing we're missing was a diss track from the South African team. But, <laughs> like, that, the third test really didn't... I mean, it, fair play to South Africa. They got the job done, but it didn't really sort of... It's not not going to be a game that's going to bring back the masses and you think, yes, this is going to be a classic Lions game that we're going to show for years to come. It's just it didn't have that spark. Yeah. It didn't really... Like, it, it didn't, like, sit long in the memory as compared to, like, your, say, you know, your your drawn series in New Zealand um, or their, their series win... Um, against the Wallabies yes. in 2013, 2014, whenever it was. Um, what do you reckon, Nick? Do you think it was a? How do you think this bodes for them coming into the you know into the rugby championship this weekend? They're they're playing up against uh, Los Pumas, who themselves are coming off a series, a two game series win um, against uh, against the, the Welsh and didn't actually drop a game. Um, during their during their the entire July tour, um, what do you think? Where do you think the All Black, the uh, the Springboks, rather sit after that? Uh, they're still the best team in the world. 
Um, you know, the Puma, yeah, the Pumas won, but they, you know, they're playing Wales, um, who, you know, don't have half their team. So I know it's, you know, expect them to win, um, and which is they did. So I don't know, we'll see. I don't think there's really much to come out of that. Um, but it's good to see the Pumas playing well, especially after the last rugby championship. Not sure if everyone remembered that remembers, but you know, they had they drew they beat the All Blacks and drew with Australia twice. Um which was a lot better, you know, what's his name? Mario Ledesma is doing a you know, fairly decent job with them. Um yeah. but uh, you can't look past the spring box. Um yeah, you really can't. Yeah, you really can't because that's it. Yeah, I don't think I don't expect the I, the, the Pumas to do well. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Look, in, in, it's funny you mentioned that because in the last, I think the last three, the last hang on, let's have a look at the numbers here. In the last six games that the Pumas have had under Ledesma, they've drawn three of them and then and won two and lost one. So they have been had some sort of form under him, but yeah, it's just the execution of finishing those games off has kind of been the thing that they've really lacked in terms of being able to go higher. But there is a great squad in that Puma side, and you know they look like they're doing they're showing progress under Ledesma. Um, in terms of the context of the of the whole line series as well, Jack, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on on how it, it it racked up, and what are your thoughts on also how it'll go um how the likes of South Africa will go going into the rugby championship. Yeah. Yeah, this Lions tours yeah, left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, you know. Um Lions tours are always great events and and it's such an occasion across the rugby world, you know, not just fans of each team, but the whole world tunes in. But uh I'm a bit off South Africa, eh? I'm not into them anymore. I, I wanted the I wanted the Lions to win. I think, you know, especially given over the last uh couple of years, you know, South Africa's, you know, pushing towards Europe, sort of, you know, bailing out of super rugby. Um, they're only really staying in the rugby championship till they probably can get a spot in the Six Nations if that's where they're, they're going with that. So all these sorts of things. And then especially this tour, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, don't like South Africa at the moment. But they, to, to their credit, in that game, they, they defended brilliantly. You know, they, they really counteracted everything that the Lions, you know, threw at them. The, the Lions came to play and they were, you know, willing to chance their arm a, a fair bit in that game. So it's um it's a shame that the uh the winning test came down to, you know, playing conservatively and disciplined and, and waiting for the other team to make the mistakes. But that's that's you know, that's uh, how they won and and credit to the super boot of uh Mono Stain. Got him out of trouble yet again after that, you know, two thousand and nine series. I can't believe he's thirty eight. I can't believe he's 38 and he's still playing for him. I think he's it's a warrior. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that, the, that I think... the photo of him, I think it was like 12 years apart, exact same jersey, exact same moment, kicking kicking the goal to win them the series. It's just poetry. It's just mm. incredible. Yeah. I think the only player in terms of age that you can 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 remotely compare to him is the 285 year old Radiki Samo who was just who I remember him running scoring that try for the Wallabies when he was 35 years and he outran the up the the all black uh, fullback and the winger yeah. to score it was the remember he, he went to the world cup and they stuck him on the wing for one of the pool games and he was yeah <laughs> he was, I mean he was fast enough <laughs> he had the, yeah. the ball in one hand just throwing it around like yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll bring us on to our last question of the week, uh, of this week, of this week's podcast. And we are heading into talking about predictions for the weekend. We were skirting around it with the with the Lions uh, review. Um, this weekend, all uh, the Wallabies are facing the All Blacks yet again at Eden Park, and uh, the South Africans are playing Los Pumas. Where do we see these results going? I'll throw to you first, Nick. Who uh, who are your picks for this one? South Africa for the Pumas. Um, I'd say by twenty. Um, this weekend, I mean, like I think the All Blacks. My, you know, head says All Blacks. Heart says Quade Cooper, who's in the squad, comes on. Thirty <laughs> fifth minute. minute. How many times are we going to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> and you know, the, 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 the Simpsons episode where the guy's leg 
rips off and kicks the ball through. <laughs> Same thing happens, but it's Quaid's knee. <laughs> no, we're, we're saving that for the third test. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't. Yeah, we have to save that for the third test, and Richie has to come on with the uh, with the deck steel chair. chair. Yeah, with the steel chair. Until <laughs> so, yeah, it's crash talking by George Regan in the corner. Yeah. yeah, it drops the ball again. <laughs> drops the chair, and then and then and then to cop to cop it off, the ref calls him for offside. Just all of our Christmas is coming at once. Um, Nathan, do you uh, do you disagree with any of Nick's points there, or are you uh, pretty much in the same boat? Uh, got to be in the same boat. I think South Africa will be too good for Argentina, but I, I do think once they play in New Zealand, we'll get a re- they'll get the reality check because I I still I think this New Zealand side's better than South Africa. Um, in saying that, look, I, I would love to say we win, but I just, knowing that there's still pl- like several gears to come in that all-black side, and I know there's still a couple that come with us, I think their top level is better than our top level. I think they'll just be too strong, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong, but I think they'll just, they'll just be too strong. I'll say, I'll say by 15, just to cover myself. Mm. Jack, final thoughts? Uh, Wallabies by 10 at Eden Park. Break the Second time lucky. Uh, big win, famous win. Uh, the rise of Australian rugby continues. His heart, then, his heart. He's, <laughs> he's all heart. <laughs> what else have we got if we don't have heart? That is true. Look, uh, if yeah. any of you guys have like a specific prediction about the game, like, yeah. Um, uh, like Lockie Swinton gets sent off or something. Um, I reckon, I reckon Mwanga will at least score one or two tries, at least, because the, the dude's a freak. He's an absolute gun. And he's, uh, as as much as I, I hate to admit it, if the fact that you've got Barrett coming off, isn't it, the fact that he's relegated Barrett to the bench, I think speaks volumes of of just how well he's playing right now. I think probably, how about this, is my prediction. Majority of the All Blacks' points are scored by Richie Mwanga. Oh. Not, and not just the, and that's, and I'm not talking just about kicks. I'm talking about the fact that he will probably score the most tries as well. Um, yeah. Um, for me, just, last, just, last thoughts. Sorry. I was going to say, D- I reckon D-Mac scores at least two. Just to answer next question. <laughs> Can we have like some Wallabies positive ones, please? Oh, I, I reckon less positive. Yeah, Lelesio steps Hooper. up with the boot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, Hooper crashes through the middle, playing inside center. You know, cheeky, oh. cheeky off the ball, uh, cheeky off the hip ball from Lola Sessio right through the uh, the middle of the All Blacks widening defense scores oh. the match winner. Oh, I, I'll I'll take a tight scoot and go just from um. Scoot and boot, sorry, straight from um, the ruck and scores. Whether, whether he starts a replacement, I reckon he, I reckon he scores. There you go. No, I'll, I'll one-up all of you. Marika finally scores a fucking try. How about hey, that? Hey. Mar- yeah, isn't back. And, and he isn't scores back. Yeah. <laughs> Marika scores a try, I'm happy. Jesus, because, God, that man is, is well, due for a try. Yeah, and Mulvey's always hit their peak just as they're about to head offshore, so. That might be a good indica- indication. Yeah, look, it's a it's an interesting time. Me me personally, I think it's a case of who turns up on the night, who turns up and wants it more on the night. Um, and while the All Blacks, you know, you can't you can't deny All Blacks, Eden Park, hardest place place in the world to win. Um, if they go to sleep again, who knows? Who frankly knows? If they don't, you know, if they if they put in a performance like they did last week, and Noah's boot is on, who knows? We don't. That's the simple truth of it. So you're sitting on the um, fence. Is that what you're saying? Sitting, look, I'm sitting on the fence um, because it's – well, it's more of a similar position to 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 Nick. Just like All Blacks, you know, you, you can never discount the All Blacks, especially at Eden Park, especially at home. But, God, you know, it's – records are made to be broken. Records are made to be broken. And um, there is something about this, this Wallabies team. Their, their heart's in the right place. They're playing. The, the, they're representing the game um, so well um, in terms of just wanting to just have a goddamn crack. They've got some ticker to them. And uh, on the Wallabies is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Lock it in. Uh, wow. don't, 
Yeah, I'm not saying it because uh, no, mate. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you right the fuck up right now because I've been on this podcast longer than you, and I've had my dreams crushed so many times by 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 going down that rabbit hole. So I'm uh, I'm gonna say All Blacks, but God, if if you're gonna prove me, uh, if any if there was any time I wanted to be proven wrong, this was it. <laughs> okay, so All Blacks by ten, and Dane Coles get yellow carded. That's my prediction. A prediction more like a when's it going to happen <laughs> it's a, it's a... <laughs> all right i think that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for the for this weekend uh and for this week of the drop kickoff rather a pleasure as always gentlemen um and uh thanks for chatting footy with me pleasure no been an absolute pleasure hopefully we get it done this week Hopefully this time next week. Actually, well, actually, it's uh, and, and for many Gaga fans, um, if we do get it done and suddenly we're on, I expect the Green and Gold Rugby Show to be resurrected out of the blue. Um, and suddenly <laughs> you might hear the likes of Rugby Reg, Matt Rowley, and Hugh Cavill coming out of semi-retirement to talk about a famous um, Eden Park victory. Now I've done it. Exclusive? Now I've is that exclusive? It. Hmm? Is that exclusive? Podcast returning if Wallabies win. Yeah, they promised it. They promised it when they did their final podcast last year. They said they would only return if the uh, if the if we win the Bledisloe. And my thoughts are, well, come on, guys. If you if you break a nearly forty year winning uh, losing streak at Eden Park, you can you could be you can be bothered to come back. Come on. Yeah, that's a good omen. That's a good omen. Either either that or I've just jinxed us. So you'll find out. Come check back after check back after Saturday night and find out. Anyway, thank you guys for for listening and to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in week in week out. We always love to hear from you and uh, we'll catch you the next time around. Hey Rick. Well, what did go wrong? I have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sirly Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic, Sirly Bombo. Very interesting. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sirly Bombo. Very good. Very good. <laughs>